Welcome to the Let's Talk BS podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Sophia. And we're coming to you live from the... 757. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning, Sophia. How you doing? I'm good. It's been a minute. It has. It has. <laughs> it's funny, like, we were getting prepared, man. It felt like it's been a while. It like, has. I don't know. It felt like... I don't know. It felt like it was from the beginning all over again. Like, it felt like it's been a while, more than mm-hmm. what it's really been. So, I'm glad we're... Uh, Back here recording on a good Friday, good you know. Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot going on. Yes, it has. The weather has gotten better. That's one. Yeah, it it's is. It's almost summertime. Yeah. Summer, summer, summertime. <laughs> I can't sing, but. <laughs> nah, I hear you. Yeah, I, I love, I, I like this time of the year, man. Now it's like that perfect time because, like, the pollen has kind of, like, subsided, I would say. Mm. Um, and it's not, like, too excruciating hot yet. So, but it's pretty warm. Like, I think today is going to get pretty warm. I think it's going to be, like, in the mid, mid-80s today, so it's going to be pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love this time of the year, man. It's, yeah. It's a good time of the year. Yeah. So, uh, this these past, what, two weeks now. Yeah. Uh, last week we were supposed to record, but I had a flat tire in the morning. Yeah. Which was unexpected, so that kind of just <laughs> derailed those plans yeah. that morning. Um, there was a nail in my in my tire, so... Yeah, that happened to me too, man. You know, I got a new new vehicle about two months ago now, and um, literally, I think it was the second week I had it, uh, I started to see that my tire pressure was low, and so I ended up finding out that uh, I took it to the dealership and they saw that I had a uh, had a like a nail kind of lodged into it. That happened to me when I first bought my um, not the car that I that I have, but the one before that. Okay. Um, I drove off the lot in like two two days after I had a flat tire. It's crazy. And so the car was the the body style, the car, everything was brand new. Yeah. And so they had not like gotten in like the parts mm-hmm. to replace anything. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, "Oh, we could put a new tire on because I always buy a tire protection." They were yeah. like, "But it's not going to be the same one." I was like, "Bullshit! You better go get one of those tires off those ones sitting on the lot. <laughs> Make my tires match." <laughs> and so that's what they ended up doing. They, they did went, that. Yeah, they, okay. they went and got a tire off of one of the cars that was in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's because it was in Miami, so okay. all of the cars were in a parking garage. Okay. Essentially, there's there's. You know, the, the lots are different. Here you yeah. have, like, a real parking lot, but there yeah. it's like a parking garage. And then gotcha. the, the cars are typically on the higher level of the parking garage, and then the rest of it is kind of open for the public for whatever is going on gotcha. in the area. But, yeah, I was like, nobody sees the car. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just go put a new tire on yeah. here from one of those parked cars back there. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 So um, outside of that, Volleyball school volleyball has ended. Now we're into uh, I don't know if you cause I don't know if it's considered AAU, but it's TBA. Um, TBA. TVA. Tidewater oh, v. volleyball. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a spring clinic, so okay. Those practices, man, they go late. We're there till a little after nine, two oh, three wow. days a week. Yeah, it's crazy. And so this was so, so her season ended, and now this is like you said something separate from that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Started what Monday? Okay. So it's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tonight we got back to back tournaments on Friday nights. So. Okay. Okay. But the but the gym where it's at is pretty cool because they have Where's one it side. At? It's um at the oceanfront. 
the ocean front. Okay. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. That's the newer. It's a it's a newer spot they got down there. Um, I forget the name uh, of it's it. It's on 19th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I went to see uh, my old high school. Um, one of my buddies, he coaches our old high school uh, basketball team, and so they had a. So, yeah, they uh, it's have called one, summer league. They had summer league up there. Yeah, we so one side is basketball, and one side is most it's of it's volleyball. volleyball. Okay, yeah. oh, that's what's up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a nice, nice little place. I remember I had took mm-hmm. Nile with me. We had went and watched the game. Um, he was all he was enamored was with the snacks. You know, they had like a nice little concession area where they it's do. like they got you got people food. cooking, yeah, yeah, real food, and then they had like I know it was like a little convenient kind of store thing where they had like chips and Gatorades and stuff like yep. that right there. So we had uh went there um, mm-hmm. during halftime of the game and got some snacks. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, started that. That has me tired. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And then Jada's still in soccer. Thank God that ends in like two weeks. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm, if I'm going to put Carter in anything until after that's done. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. I know Um, I know you, you said Jada, she's at the Y too, right? Yeah, the Y. So I know now my son, he has uh, his last two games. We're going to be out of the uh, – we're not going to make the last game, but uh, this weekend is going to end up being his last game. So he's very excited about that. He told me he was going to try to – Win player of the week again because he won player of the week like a couple weeks ago. Mm, he, had, he did very well. He had scored, I think, just one goal, but he had like was very aggressive. Was, you know, got a couple assists and things of that nature, and and so they gave yeah. him player of the week. So, um, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. What else you been going? What's up? What else has been uh, going on? Shoot, uh, I had a short term rental like seminar. Okay. Uh, mastermind, I guess, was what they called it, with a couple agents and a property manager a couple Fridays ago. Okay. It was the actually the weekend of something in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that went well. Um, shoot, that's pretty much, pretty much it, it for yeah. me. I mean, I haven't really – I've just been busy with volleyball late nights. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I can't I'm, – I'm glad I'm not there yet. I know I – It's coming. My, yeah, I know my kids uh, – and you got two that's back to back, so it can't even be spreaded out. Like, yeah. y'all gonna have to divide and conquer, especially if both of them are in heavy in sports and they're good at the sport. Yeah. Because what I've noticed is, the better the kid is, the later the practice. So yeah. typically, when you're a beginner, they practice some a little bit after school, so like five ish, and then intermediate practices is about six seven ish, mm-hmm. and then advanced doesn't practice until seven thirty eight. And so that's the reason why we're always out so late because yeah. she's on the advanced teams. Yeah, yeah, that's tough, man. I'm normally <laughs> – we have a pretty tight routine around our house, man. We're normally, like, kids bathe and, like, relaxing by, like, 7, mm-hmm. 7.30, I would yeah, say. You I know used what to mean? live that so, life about yeah. four years ago. <laughs> so yeah. I already know, yeah, it's coming up for us, man. Yeah. But that's good. That's good. Once we, your um, kid enters middle school, that's when it kind of – Kind of really, like, takes really off. Really takes off, yeah. 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 yeah unless unless you have a prodigy, like, you know, early on. But, yeah. I mean, you know, those are far and few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember those days, man. It's, <laughs> it's funny how it comes like it's a full circle moment because I remember growing up, um, you know, just playing sports and then, you know, having practices all the time. And my mom, my dad being gone a lot of times, my mom having to take me to all these different practices and then having my sister. We're eight years apart, so, you know, she would, like, have to, you know, carry her around a little baby and I'm at practice and stuff like that. So I, I remember – I remember that and it was funny because that's what led me to be able to drive pretty early because for my like time my age my birthday is in December 
And so I was technically able to get my license once I was 16 and three months. Um, and so I remember getting my license like halfway through my sophomore year. And uh, my mom allowed me to drive to school early because she used to just like, didn't like not wanting to have to pick me up from practice and taking me and doing all these things. So she was like, look, you need to learn how to drive soon so you can start doing things yourself. I was mm-hmm. like, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. So I remember that, man, but, I'm but cool, yeah. I'm there. Yeah, so you're almost there, About a year right? and a half, she'll be driving. <laughs> she'll be driving, yeah. What? Yeah, so that, that'll be a load off of you. What? Yeah. She'll be going to practice on her own? <laughs> yes, I'm excited. I hear you, I hear you, man. Yeah, but I heard you mention, obviously, something in the water. Um, that happened what about a week and a half, almost two weeks ago now. So that was that was dope. I had uh, Brooke and I had went out there. That was the same weekend as our anniversary. Um, so we kind of I won't say celebrated our anniversary with that, but we already had kind of built-in babysitters for that weekend. So uh, we went out there and had a really good time. Um, was able to connect with some folks I hadn't seen in a while. Um, got to see you know some you know just good music, music I grew up on, you know, I seen Lil Wayne and Pharrell, Diddy, Busta Rhymes, Chris Brown, that was some, some good people, you know what I mean, good acts or whatever, so it was good, Brooke and I had a really, really good time as well, um, what else happened, I remember Cinco de Mayo was recent, um, it's funny, we have like a little thing where we always just, you know, order Mexican food on Cinco de Mayo, um, a couple of times, we used to like drink tequila, I don't really drink tequila, but we used to like get like, you know, a, I don't know, a bottle of, or like a shot or something, tequila or drink, have a margarita or something like that, but we didn't do that this year. Um, what else? Uh, recently, we've been going to the farmer's market a lot. We used to do that a lot prior to COVID. Um, it's on Saturdays after um, after our, my son's games, because his games have typically been around like 9 o'clock, so they're pretty early. Um, so after that, we'll go to check out a uh, farmer's market. You know, we'll get like some fresh produce from there, um, you know, some meats, things of that nature. So I had gotten some uh, some food from there uh, last week, you know, and we um, we had some oysters as well, I think the week before. So it was it was good. It was good. We love supporting local businesses and, um, you know, just shopping local as, as a general. Um, and uh, it was – it was had a, a, a bad experience, man. I ain't going to mention the restaurant, man, but, you know, we had uh, – it was last weekend we went to my son's game, then we went to the farmer's market, and then we were actually getting ready to go to the zoo right after that, right? So we had a pretty busy Saturday, and uh, we were, you know, wanting to get something to eat real quick, grabbing some lunch real quick before we uh, went to the zoo. So we went to this restaurant in Norfolk. It was around like 11.30, 11.45, right before, right before uh, noon. And we sat there, man, and it, was, it wasn't packed. I mean, it was, you know, plenty of tables, you know, that were empty, but it was a good, a good amount of folks in there. It was right before you could tell we started to kind of get busy. But when we sat there, man, and ordered some basic stuff. We ordered some chicken tenders. I think it was like a club sandwich and some onion rings just for all of us to kind of eat and share, you know, me, Brooke, and the kids. And, man, they took forever to bring the food out. We sat there. The lady kept checking on us. I kept watching the people from the kitchen, like, bring out food. I could have sworn a couple of times I seen our food right there on the table and the waitress bring it out to somebody else. And I'm just sitting there. I was so mad, man. Um, we waited there literally for like 40 minutes, and then we just got up and left. I've never done that before. Like, have you ever done that before? Like, just, I mean, we we sat there. Brooke and I was talking. We was like, look, this is the kids start going crazy. They was hungry, so I'm like, look, man, let's just go somewhere else. And then we just like got up and left. There's no like. Like, didn't say nothing to the waitress. Like, hey, we're gone. Like, we just got up and walked out. Yeah, when I was younger, not with the kids. No, 
probably when I was younger. Okay. I probably did, but not not with not actively with my kids with me. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just so frustrated, man. Like, I mean, I seen people come in after like 15, 20 minutes after us, get seated, get food, and then leave, and our food still didn't come. You know what yeah, I mean? Like crazy. that joint just pissed me to crap. That pissed pissed me off. You know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, we just ended up leaving, man. We actually ended up um, eating lunch at Cork and Bull. I know I've mentioned that place a couple of times. So yeah. We ended up grabbing lunch How there. was it with the kids in there? It was cool because it, it was it was empty. It was literally nobody. There was a there was this group of girls that were having like a birthday party, a little like or some type of gathering. I, I couldn't tell if it was a birthday or not, but it was like ten or twelve. Of them, so they all had one table to themselves, and then um, we sat over like on the front side, like where the bar side is. Um, and we just, I mean, it was us and it was actually another family that was in there as well that had young kids too. So it was kind of like, I guess, you know, now that was the only people that was in the restaurant. And so we had a, uh, I had a burger from there. Me and my son had a burger from there. It was really good. Like I hadn't, I mean, it was really, I normally don't order burgers out, um, at yeah, restaurants, but their lunch menu, it was okay. I mean, their lunch menu didn't have a lot of things on there that I particularly like from there. Um, so I was like, and I was really, really hungry, like I said, because at this time it, it was like one one thirty since we when we had left the other mm-hmm. place. So I got a burger from there, and it was really, really good. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, sounds like you had an eventful two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, <laughs> man. I got um. Also, want to shout out uh, Lakeisha. I got a uh, um, a friend of mine. I would call her a friend. Uh, I met her a while ago, probably like I don't know, maybe ten to twelve years ago. Um, through a mutual friend, uh, and so uh, you know we just kind of connected, admire each other's past from afar. You know how you do on social media. Um, you know she'll send you know me message, you know congratulating me on certain things that I posted, and you know vice versa, same for her and her family. And so um, I'm actually helping her right now buy a new home, new construction home in uh, in Suffolk, a beautiful home, a beautiful, beautiful home. Um, and so I'm excited for them. They're closing actually in uh, early June. Um, and then she actually linked me because she's in the uh, HR field. She linked me to one of her, uh, I think, old co-workers. And they're buying a home um, in this uh, neighborhood that I actually wanted to move into um, about four or five years ago called Edinburgh Meadows. Um, and those homes are big, huge, beautiful brick homes going for well over a million dollars. Um, and I'm helping um, her friend now buy this home. They're actually closing in July. So, Congratulations. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I gave her a shout-out because, uh, you know, referrals are something that really is uh, something that drives my business, and I definitely want to, you know, make sure that she understands that and uh, let folks know that we appreciate all your referrals, you know. So if you got somebody <laughs> that's looking to, you know, buy real estate, they should definitely holler at me or Sophia for sure. Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I need a million dollar deal. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had one since since I've worked here actually. Okay. I used to get them when I was at my previous company, but I haven't gotten them as much here now lately. Yeah, I haven't gotten very many either. Um, at Atlantic Bay. I mean most of the time like I think we've talked about it before. You know, most of the time we deal with like first time home buyers, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're your move up buyer here or there, but you know, we deal with I guess I would say your everyday folks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. But a million dollar deals are good though. Definitely they are. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. All right, guys. So you heard about our last two weeks, so now it's time to exercise your knowledge. So during this segment, we're gonna ask you a mortgage related question and we're going to allow you to answer the question in your head and then we will re- reveal the answer later on in the segment. So today's exercise your knowledge question is when is the best time to shop rates? Mm. I've had this come up here 
lately in the past couple weeks because of the raid environment that we're in. So I just wanted to um, see if you guys knew the answer to that question. And if you do, hold on to it because we'll, we'll, we will reveal it later on in the segment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I've actually had that uh, come up myself recently too. I mean, it comes up all the time, but, but I would say more so heavy. recently. Yeah, yeah, more so recently, I would definitely mm-hmm. say that. So that's something that's definitely good to be able to let folks know kind of how it uh, how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of shopping rates, right? So our topic for today is what's the difference between working with a mortgage company and a bank? So yeah. we wanted to kind of go through some of those differences so you knew before you started shopping and yeah. um, kind of give you some, uh, you know, background information as to what to look for yeah. when you're when you're shopping the, t- the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good topic. I know I get that question actually sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been able to work both sides of the, uh, of, of, of the equation when it comes to that. So I've worked... Uh, for two banks over my time, and now the mortgage company I'm at, Atlantic Bay Mortgage, this is my second mortgage company. So I've worked for two banks and two different mortgage companies, and uh, there are a very big difference in both of them, how they're, mm-hmm. how things are done. Um, I would say the first thing that I noticed is uh, the banking world feels just very more like corporate, right? It's very traditional. Um, there's a lot more red tape when it comes to just like having to accomplish things. Cause I'm yes. a very, like, I wouldn't say creative person, but I have a lot of ideas of like events and things I want to do. I'm a very people person, networking, relation, mm-hmm. relational type of person. And um, I know at my time at working at the banks, when I tried to like, you know, do certain things that were, you know, along the lines of just, you know, getting folks together, networking, sharing information, sharing topics, um, sharing ideas, uh, business practices, whatever it may be. A lot of times it was so much that had to go on for us just to do something that was very, very simple. Correct. And uh, by the time it got to the point of trying to execute, a lot of times, you know, when you have an idea, it's something that, you know, needs to be done, you know, relatively quickly or within a certain amount of time. But, Correct. you know, if it takes months upon months just to get something approved um, to, and so the person who's reviewing is kind of out of touch with what's really going on. Um, because they're so worried about compliance and this and that, which I understand. You got to definitely make sure you're compliant, but it's it's I don't know. It just kind of seems like levels it was, to it. Yeah. So basically, they they overdo it with the compliance rules and Co- correct. in the mortgage industry, there's a lot of gray area. So yeah. people are on the side of caution sometimes. Yeah. Because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want you know to be called into the office per se. Correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. About something that they you know, weren't intentionally trying to do. So there is a lot of red tape. There is a lot of caution when it comes to the banking side, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, that was very frustrating because I had, I feel like I had a lot of ideas, a lot of things that could have, uh, you know, helped me grow my business, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, just help educate um, you know, prospective buyers or even real estate agents or realtors that we uh, we work hand in hand with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can never really do those things because of, you know, working for a bank, it would always get, um, you know, it, it would get declined for me to try to do these cert- sorts of things. And, you know, I was like, man, I really, I wish I had a little bit more flexibility in what I can and can't do. Yeah. Um, speaking of flexibility, that's the second thing. Uh, flexibility. That's another thing. Right. So, there were a lot more flexibility in just the hours, right? Now, when I worked for a bank, um, the way we got paid was, you know, we got paid an hourly base. That's my phone, my bad. Yeah, we got paid an hourly base, 
and then um, based on how many how much we sold as far as mortgages, um, we also got paid a commission. Now working at a mortgage company, you know, at least the two mortgage companies I've been at, we're just straight commission, right? So mm-hmm. depending upon what they say, you hunt, you, you don't eat what you don't hunt, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if we don't close or how many deals we close that particular month, that's how much we get paid. Versus a bank, you know, because you get the influx of people coming into the bank, maybe, you know, doing there's check- different channels. Yeah, so yeah, online. yeah. Yeah, online, checking and savings, credit cards. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that's constantly coming to the bank, maybe for other reasons, um, or maybe they have their checking and savings account. So when it comes to, you know, thinking about applying for a mortgage, they're going to start there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the you know the way the, the pay setup is, it's like, hey, we're already having folks and leads come into you. You just have to basically almost you know, finish it out and, and take the application, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the way the pay structure was, you know. So it's like, to me, it was a good starting point, you know, but once you actually start to grow your book of business and you start to have business come to you that has ne- has nothing to do with the actual bank itself, um, you know, th- it would be probably be better to go and work for a mortgage company because you're able to um, make more money based on what you're actually producing, what you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. What about you? I know you've worked for... Um, I for have. banks, and uh, you've also now worked for a mortgage company. So, what are you? What are some major differences that you see? Uh, so, what I see is that when you when you are working with a bank, you're a number. Mm. So, they don't really care about your situation and what you have going on. It's kind of like you're on their time. Mm. So. You got that a lot because some of these workers or or mortgage bankers or loan officers, whatever you want to call them, they're overworked Mm -hmm. and underpaid, right? Mm -hmm. And so they don't really care to get your file to closing because they're getting paid regardless, right? Mm -hmm. They're on salary. They know that it's always more business And when you say they, who are you talking about they? You're talking about just the bank itself? The bank itself, the person itself, it doesn't matter. I mean, they can be very fluid. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, but when you have over a hundred people that's looking to shop and buy i mean you actually start to become a number nobody really cares they're just like look did you get the documents to me okay not next let me Mm -hmm. go to somebody else who did you know Mm -hmm. what i mean as opposed to really like walking through getting to know you understanding your situation really listening to your needs and things like that right but when you work for a mortgage company that person tends to have more Mm one-on-one Um, I know about my clients' kids, why they're moving, when they're moving, what's going on in between them. I have time to actually nurture, get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a one-on-one relationship. They don't ever feel like, you know, they're just being passed along to whoever can pick up the file. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah, more of a personal touch, for sure. Definitely yeah. more of a personal touch. And yeah. then as far as, like, the processing, the things that the client doesn't see, you know, it may be 10-plus people who touches their file. And everybody has a different perspective on how it should get to closing, right? Mm-hmm. But overall, at the mortgage side, at the mortgage um, company level... I, me as a mortgage banker, I have my own team. So the same people touch the file every single time. Yeah. So there's no question. I know how my underwriter underwrites. I know how my processor works. I can call them at any time. I know my closer, my assistant. We're we're all one one team. It never yeah. changes. And so 
just having that type of um, dynamic, it makes a huge difference when you are um, in process of buying a home, yeah. especially when, you know, it's a it's a situation where you have to sell a home to buy a home, and then now the person that you're buying a home from is having to sell that home to buy another home, and it can just get yeah. crazy when you're dealing with a bank. Yeah, and I, honestly, I find that people that, and again, this is just my, you know, I've been doing this 15 years, so I got... I got some uh I got some experience in it, but I just find that people that work at a mortgage company, they just take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's kind of you know along the lines of what you were saying, um, you know, versus when you're at a bank that nothing against a bank, but when you're at when you're working as a mortgage professional at a bank, um, a lot of things are just given to you versus. When you're at a mortgage company, you have to kind of go and get it, mm-hmm. right? So the education, making sure you understand certain things, like all of those things are things that you have to really educate yourself to make sure that you're mm-hmm. doing it correctly. Because at the end of the day, at a mortgage company, that's all we do. We do mortgages. We don't do anything else. We don't give loans for cars. We don't give credit cards. We don't have checking and savings accounts. We don't give you financing for student loans. Like, we don't do none of that stuff. We just we focus on mortgage. We specialize in one thing. Yeah, we specialize yeah. in one thing. So the attention, the focus, all of that's going to be there. So, um, you know, I think that that's something that is very prominent, just knowing that, hey, when you're working with someone like us or someone that works at a mortgage company, we are we have an expertise in this because that's all we do. We don't have different hats that we put on depending upon who we're sitting in front of or who we're having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'll bring up, you know, um, just the guidelines, right? So when it comes to overlays, I remember I just experienced this a lot um, when I worked at yes. my two private, uh, two previous banks. Um, airing back on, you know, or kind of piggybacking off of what we just said earlier when it comes to risk, right? Because that's what, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You're always measuring risk when we're lending money, right? So that's why we look at someone's credit report, credit to see where the credit score is, look at their debt to income. Like all that stuff is kind of gauging on how um, worthy that person is on how they're going to pay us back, right? So when it comes to the banking world, a lot of times they are a little bit more cautious when it comes to the lending aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have extra things. Let's say that, you know, the guidelines, because we're basing most of our guidelines off of what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac um, say, right? So if there's a certain credit requirement, a certain debt-to-income requirement, um, a, a certain whatever, whatever they say, for the most part, that's what we're base, base, basing everything off of. Right. So I remember when I would work at um, a previous bank, you know, they would say, hey, for this particular loan, um, you have to have, let's say, an FHA loan. They would say you have to have a 640 credit score. When truly... FHA allows, FHA allows 580, right? So there was uh, a lot of business that, again, I didn't even know this at the particular time, but there was a lot of business that I wasn't lost. getting and I was losing out that I could have been getting just because the bank that I work at, we call them overlays, they have a higher standard of what they want in a buyer, or what mm-hmm. they'll approve for a buyer. Um, and so I get it. I understand it. But, you know, me being a mortgage professional, that just to me, that just kind of cut my legs out in front of me because if there's a certain type of business that I'm not able to get, then there's people that I'm working with that have that type of business that they're sending that to somebody else. So when they get those people who do qualify or above 640 that I could potentially do, they wouldn't send it to me because there's somebody else that can do the other things that I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so that's something that 
you know, I honestly, it was crazy. It's like, what they say, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I didn't even know that that was going on until I came over mm-hmm. to another mortgage company um, and left the banking world and was seeing like, hey, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a really eye-opening experience. Um, and it really helped me because a lot of the buyers that I deal with are you know, people that have a little, you know, credit challenge, right? People that, you know, their situation maybe not necessarily, um, you know, just just perfect, right? They may have a 615 or 600 credit score or a 590 credit score because they had some extenuating circumstances or something that right. came up or whatnot, but they're still a good buyer, right? Yeah. And so everybody I'm, needs a place to live. Correct. Right? Correct. Correct. So, you know, especially when FHA implemented the rule of us being able to verify, like, rental history and use mm-hmm. that as a positive factor because correct when you're buying a house i mean we we want to see your ability to repay yep. right so if we can see that you pay your rent on time most likely you're going to pay your mortgage on time unless yep. there's something unforeseen that happens that doesn't allow you to yeah but everybody has to have a place to live so just ha- having someone to back you and to have your back on that type of stuff it definitely helps because you go to your big bank, they're going to say no. They're not going to make an exception for you. If your credit doesn't meet the criteria, you don't even make it <laughs> to the next step. It will. The system will automatically deny you. It doesn't even get to a live person. Correct. <laughs> it's kind of like if you guys, I mean, uh, you know, if you've ever applied for a job on USA.gov. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done that? I have, okay. actually. Yeah. yeah. So most professionals have, right? Mm-hmm. Before you, you, your your application has to have trigger words. It yep. has to have all these different things before it even makes it to a live person. So same thing with these applications. If your credit score doesn't meet the minimum, it doesn't even go anywhere. Automatic denial on to the next one. At least with us, we're still able to see <laughs> the application. We see your score. We get to have like yeah, we can candid educate. conversation, yeah. educate everything. Yeah, because, so, I mean, that's what we do with our clients. I know I wasn't doing that at the bank. Like you said, I mean, it was just the next person. Somebody applies. If you don't meet the criteria that the bank says that we you have to have for you to qualify, yep. it's, oh, sorry, yep. decline. Sorry, decline. On to the next one. Sorry yeah, As a mortgage professional at a mortgage company, I mean, we have credit repair folks that we work with that we can help you, that we can refer you out to to, to help you with your credit. We have credit rescore that we do, which is a big thing, where if someone comes to us and let's say they're – they're not quite there. They're really, really close. We can give them exactly black and white mm-hmm. what they need to do to then qualify. So mm-hmm. sometimes, and I know how it is, a lot of times people will come to us and let's say, you know, we can't qualify them right then and there. It's kind of a demoralizing feeling, mm-hmm. you know. So there are a lot of times they're like, oh, man, they already kind of thought about the house that they want. All of that. All that stuff Everything. has already been, yeah. it was written, as they say. It was already something that they had already imagined, and then yep. we're the ones that's having to give them that news, like, mm-hmm. hey, well, right now, it, that, that can't happen. And so, so we are able to give them, you know, exactly what they need to do. And a lot of times, that's all people need to know is really what, what they to need do. to do. Because a lot of times people are just blindly paying things and not necessarily knowing and hoping that each month their score is going to increase by whatever it is. But we're able to say, okay, hey, if you pay X amount of dollars on this credit card and X amount of dollars on this loan, then your score is going to go up to this score, and that's what we need, and then this is what we can qualify you for. So let me give you a real-life situation that happened just recently on a loan that I closed in, in March, I think. Okay. So this particular woman came to me with a low credit score and pulled credit. She wasn't too low. She was just right un- right underneath where she needed to be. And so I was able to do a rescore for her. Mm-hmm. We got her credit scores above the minimum requirement, which was great, right? So then me and her started to have a conversation about what she could qualify for. 
I gave her step by step, like, look, this is what you need. This is, these are the requirements. So she took it. She said, okay. Now, <clears throat> her income just so happened to be a little on the high side. Um, and VHDA has this rule that if you live in an economic, if you purchase in an economic opportunity area, they'll actually relax the income guideline a little bit. And so when I told her that, she said, okay, I'm going to only look in these areas because this is going to help me. I need down payment assistance, right? So in the meantime, I was just educating her on like, look, you're not going to be a renter anymore. You're going to be responsible for, you know, making repairs on the house. Anything, something goes out, whether it's a light bulb, a, a filter, or anything that's wrong with the house, that's going to be on you. So you need to be in save mode, like, she was like, okay. She was like, I'm, she called me Miss Sophia. She was like, I'm going to eat Raymond noodles every single day. <laughs> she was joking, obviously, but she just, you know, started to really take um, accountability for what her next steps were. So she started bringing lunches to work. She told me, she was like, I packed my lunch. Instead of going out to eat, she was like, I packed my lunch. She said, um, she did a whole bunch of stuff to kind of save, right? Mm -hmm. So closing day came. I think she may have came to closing because she got closing cost assistance with maybe maybe 800 bucks, I want to say, mm -hmm. right? But she had reserves because I taught her about how to save, have reserves for those hard times, right? Mm -hmm. So I called to follow up on with her probably about a month after she closed and we were talking. And she was like, Miss Sophia, I'm so glad that, you know, you taught me how to save, she said, because... Something happened in the house. I think it was like something on the water heater. It was like a switch was corroded mm -hmm. and she had to get it changed out. And she was like, it cost me like 800 bucks mm -hmm. for them to come out and fix it. She was like, but I had the money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she was like, I, I didn't even have to stress about it. She was just like, I, I had the money in my savings account because you taught me how to save. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. And so she, um, she was like, I have this girl. She was like, I want to refer her to you, but she was, she was like, she's not taking the necessary steps, so she's just not ready to buy. I said, you, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, mm -hmm. if you're serious about, you know, what you want to do, that's where we come in and we educate you to Correct. help you. And I don't think that there's people in the – I mean, there may be some. Let me not, you know, knock out everybody. Yeah. But there are some really good – um, yeah, but it's just the mindset. The way it's the way it's the it's, mindset yeah. and how we do things every day. Yeah, it's it's just we different. don't do that with just one person here and there. That's it's pretty much with everybody who's willing to take the information Cor and really like hold on to it. Correct. And, and implement these things into their lives. Correct. 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 So yeah. But that was definitely a success story that just happened like not too long yeah, ago. So that's good, man. I'm glad. That, I, I love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Those success stories, man, because you're really changing people's lives like yeah. i mean that's people have a certain way about doing things mm -hmm. a lot of times people were never taught how to do things so they're just reactionary they're just yeah. doing what they know they know that hey i gotta work and i gotta pay bills so yeah. that's they don't know how to position themselves to they, continue they, to they grow they gotta rob peter to pay paul rob peter they to pay paul, people yeah. live like that yeah 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 <laughs> so like you said being able to you know in a situation where something comes up that you're not you know that you didn't know was going to happen you're prepared i mean that, and that's that's honestly you know one of the key things i would say that i've heard in most people that are successful and that are able to 
um, you know, continue to grow and go to the next level is that they're to prepared. Mm-hmm. I mean, preparation. You got to be prepared for all types of things like that to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really about a mindset to have yourself in position where if something were to come up that you're not, you know, thinking about you're prepared to take care of and continue to move forward. But that doesn't mean live live life in caution. But no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Now, I feel like we talked about, like, all the bad stuff, right? Now, yeah. some of the positive things is that when you work for, when you work for a bank, sorry, <laughs> rewind, <laughs> when you do use a bank for your financing, sometimes they typically will offer you a little bit of a lower rate. Yeah. It's not going to be, like, of 3% versus a 6%, but it will be slightly lower than your mortgage companies. Um, and that's because they have so many different, they have a wide variety of different products to where in deposits that they receive that they have the ability to be a little bit lower um, with their rates. But then in return, we have a wide variety of products that we can offer. Correct. And so, yes, our rates may be a little higher but not in every case because i've it's been plenty of times where our rates beat out a, a bank yeah you know it's just really yeah, it depends just some, it on just depends. the person yeah it depends on the situation i mean it, it it's situational but yeah, yeah I, I agree with you 100 percent. that is something that's a big uh a difference is that rates at a bank sometimes will be a little bit better than it is um just historically overall yeah. than a mortgage company but you know obviously sometimes that might not be the best because i know um, depending upon, for me anyway, I don't mind paying. And we're talking about, you know, a couple dollars here or there. We're not talking about anything of significance where it's going to be like, oh, my gosh. But, you know, I mean, just like people, when it's, when you're deciding to go to Chick-fil-A or you're deciding to go here or you're trying to decide to go to Starbucks right. to get coffee or you're deciding exactly. to go over here, like, I mean, you'll pay for something that's, that's better. Worth that's worth it. Exactly. exactly. And that's, that's, that's essentially what it is when it yeah. comes to working with someone at a mortgage company versus, you know, you trying to, if you have a question or something you want to be answered on a Friday night or, or Thursday evening or on a Saturday, mm-hmm. a lot of times people that work at the bank, they, we call it banker hours. Mm-hmm. If you're not reaching out to them between nine and five, you may not get that question answered. And if you're mm-hmm. working from nine to five where you can't, you know, reach out and talk to someone or whatnot, and you have, the only time you can really speak to someone is on the weekend or after hours, and a lot of times that communication, that process is going to feel, it's going to feel like an uphill battle, you know, yeah. but dealing with someone that are working with someone that works at a mortgage company, I mean, you have accessibility to us, um, you know, via phone, I mean, you could text, call, I mean, those are things you really just don't do when you're working with someone at the bank. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a closing on what, Wednesday? Um, it was a closing in California. Obviously, we're in a time difference. So she called me during the day there, but the three-hour difference, it was 6, 7 o'clock in the evening here. And it was a mobile notary situation, and she called. Everybody else was closed. Every, mm-hmm. Nobody else could answer. But here I am at my daughter's band concert, answered the phone. She's like, oh, my God, are you busy? I'm like, I'm at a band concert, but how can I help you? <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like one of those situations where being available can definitely make or break something. Correct. Um, I've, I've had it to where, you know, a, a deal is being written up at night. Yep. And they need to speak to somebody. And I answer the phone. With, uh, my kids are in the background, but I'm on the phone. Correct. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're getting my voicemail and I'm too busy. But in retrospect, I've been on the other side in the bank. It's kind of hard for you to be obligated to your computer from 8.30 a.m. to 5 
nonstop, just like a normal nine to five job, right? And then still be available in the evenings. It's very hard to do. Correct. That means you have no life. It's not like the bank is giving you like three, four hours off during the day so you can work later on in the evening. They don't roll like that. Yeah, it's flexibility. It's not this. I mean, again, it's, you're, you're, it's, the flexibility is yeah. just not there. I mean, the it's flexibility not. for us, I mean, I can, you know, I'm, I'm able to do things, you know, as far as take my kids here, Correct. go to a doctor appointments. Like, I don't have to call and tell somebody, hey, I got to do this. Like, I just, I can, you know, I, I know what I need to do for that day work-wise, and I just mm-hmm. got to make sure that I, I have a lot enough time to get it done. Correct. So, I mean, it's. Now, kind of make you know make your own schedule. There's a lot more flexibility when it comes mm-hmm. to it. Now, something else. Another thing I will say, because uh, we're giving obviously both sides pros and cons. Um, another thing about banks that they can potentially do is called portfolio and loans, right? So when you portfolio a loan, um, like I mentioned before, you know everyone lends based on Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac when it comes to your traditional, you know mortgage, right? You know, Mm -hmm. those are the guidelines. Those are the investors that are backing the loan. So if they're going to be the ones that are investing in it, we're going to have to meet what they say their criteria is. But with the bank, being that they have access to more funds because they are a bank, because they have all these other different avenues of of finance going on, um, they're able to do what's called portfolio in a loan where they don't have to abide by what Fannie and Freddie Mac guidelines are on some loans. And these are, like I said, these are, it's not all the time, but on some loans, they'll just kind of look at the overall picture. And if there's enough compensating factors for that particular buyer, they will be able to keep that loan and mm-hmm. keep it in-house, they call it, portfolio and a loan. Instead so of th- selling it off. Instead of selling off, yeah. So as a mortgage company, most mortgage companies, we have to base everything off of what Fannie and Freddie says, right? Um, but a bank in particularly can, and I've seen it, you know, sometimes like on your bigger purchases, on your million dollar jumbo purchases where, you know, the jumbo, you know, down payment amount is 20%, um, but a portfolio, a bank can may say, hey, you could put down 15 or even 10% um, because if you have, if as long as you have a 740 credit score and have X mm-hmm. amount of dollars in reserves, right? So they'll look at it and say, hey, you know, we know you're a good buyer. Sometimes what Fannie and Freddie has carved out for their guidelines your situation may not fit into that so we'll work with you when it comes to that um you know situation right so that that's something that i will say that banking banks can do that mortgage companies they just can't do because they don't have the ability to do that as far as financially correct yeah yeah that's true and a portfolio loan is basically a a lending product set by the bank that's their particular product it's it's not offered by an, a, another lender. Correct. It's their product. Yeah, it's not your standard FHA, VA, no. conventional USDA. All those loans that we've talked about, Correct. that's what everyone does. But they'll be able to create, a bank may say, hey, you know, you can I do this loan. I have a product loan. called ABC yeah. Um, yeah. loan. And typically and it's like, hey, you got to have X amount of this. Like it's the standard of it is higher than your basic standards for your loans across the board. Mm-hmm. And so they'll allow financing for those types of loans. Correct. Um, typically you're going to pay probably a little bit higher interest rate on it, right? Yep. There's there, there's going to be things that you're you're paying for being able to do that loan, but it is allowing you to obtain financing, which Correct. is ultimately the goal. The so, goal. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, um, another big thing that we see here in Hampton Roads, I can't really speak for all other parts of the country, but here in Hampton Roads, um, we have a a forever overturn of uh, purchasing and selling, right? Yeah. Real transit area, real transit area. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of the agents here locally, they know that it's very hard to get in contact with your big banks because they know how it works, right? Um, 
they tend to like to work with local lenders, which is Atlantic Bay is a local lender. And um, it's because of the flexibility that we have and because we have a large variety of products as well. So, you know, if let's say there's a, a seller that's selling their house and you offer them, you know, you give them a pre-approval letter and it has big bank on there, they may simply decline your offer compared to someone else just because of big bank's name. And so sometimes um, it's better to just look at your options and maybe go with the mortgage company because they know that we're going to get the deal done. Yeah. And, um, to, and, and typically, like I said, just from their perspective, I'm sorry, I may cut you off. Go ahead about to say. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say from their perspective, you know, they see, they know that if you're dealing with the mortgage company, that in most cases, mortgage companies have upfront underwriting. Correct. So that means there's the the due diligence part of pre-approving that prospective buyer that's buying that seller's house mm-hmm. um, has been done already, Correct. right? Versus a bank, a lot of times, as, as Sophia just mentioned, you know, they're just, you're almost like an order taker, right? Yep. So you're not really doing the proper due diligence upfront mm-hmm. to ensure that if this person says they made X amount of dollars at that, it, that's actually what it is, right? Mm-hmm. They may not collect their person's pay stubs up front. Mm-hmm. They may just run a credit and say, hey, okay, their credit looks good. You know, we'll pre-approve them for whatever you want to put it down. It may be a system approval where, now, I, in my experience, a lot of people, a lot of people, 90% always overestimate their income. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what happens is the system thinks that you put in the correct information, and so it spits out a pre-approval letter. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you make $6,000 a month. But not knowing that you just started that job a month ago and you're including overtime, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. things that we can't, the system can't recognize. And mm-hmm. so it puts um, a bad taste in a real estate agent's mouth when they got this pre-approval letter is not true. It's not something that someone has re- reviewed. And so that's one thing that um, we as uh, mortgage uh, bankers at a mortgage company do is, is we look at that stuff up front. We make sure that income is as accurate as possible correct. before issuing a pre-approval letter. Correct, correct, correct. And that yeah. means that means a lot. I mean, that's why, you know, as Sophia mentioned, I mean, the, it, it the, the the letter who it comes from it it weighs a lot on if your mm-hmm. offer will be accepted because of you know they know that hey the proper due diligence was done up front correct yeah. correct so yeah. I hope that we gave you guys a good understanding of the difference between um, big bank and mortgage company um, didn't want to bash but just kind of wanted to give you our opinion on what we see every day I mean this yeah, is the like differences, yeah. this is something that happens every day for us this is Correct. you know when we get offers this person is looking at different people they're looking at different companies we see when the offers decline uh, we've had people I've had agents reach out to me and say hey my my buyer needs to switch lenders in order to get the deal and we're like rushing and scrambling trying to get things done so sometimes it's kind of um better if you kind of know a little bit of this information up front so it can help you make a better decision as to what you're looking to do. 100%. Yep. That's great. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So earlier in the segment, um, we asked a question. It was the exercise your knowledge question of the day. So during that segment, we asked you a mortgage-related question for you to go ahead and um, think about the answer, and then we're going to reveal it now <laughs> and um, see if you were right. So today's exercise your knowledge question is or was, when is the best time to shop rates? So that kind of falls into line as to what we were just talking about. 
Um, so drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> All right. The answer is before you put an offer on a home. Yes. So I would say, you know, once you're getting a pre-approval letter, um, and then once you're actually, because typically, or not typically, all the time, if you're putting an offer on a home, uh, the agent is going to need a pre-approval letter to accompany that offer. Because again, mm -hmm. that shows the seller that you've spoken to someone about your finances and that you do qualify for the home that you're trying to purchase, right? Mm -hmm. So at that particular time, once you're at that part, that part, you should already have your mortgage company established on who you're going to go with. Um, a lot of times you'll have uh, buyers who will try to uh, change and try to shop around. We call it shopping um, after you get under contract. And that's not a good practice because um, on the contract, it's going to have that mortgage company's information. And uh, if you're looking to try to change that information after you have a binding legal agreement to purchase a home and have the different particulars in there, then that seller has to sign off on it. Mm -hmm. And if you were to try to change something like that, especially how things are. In most cases, if you're getting a home under contract, there's probably somebody else that likes that home as well. So it, it, there's probably multiple offers or mo at least uh, other interest, right? And so if you're in a situation where your offer has been accepted and then now you're looking to change financing after you've been accept after the offer has been accepted, from the seller's perspective, that doesn't look good. If you're trying to switch mortgage companies, you can let that seller know like, hey, I found a better interest rate or whatever. But from a seller's perspective, if you're trying to change your financing, your company, after you're under contract, it, it doesn't look good. And they could actually remove you from being under contract and go with another person's offer. Mm -hmm. um, and so all that hard work that was put in to get you under contract um, just goes away at that time. And you could potentially lose that home. So, you know, we always tell folks to, you know, I wouldn't say we tell them, but we do encourage you to, if you're going to shop around, you know, you need to do that and have that establish um, who you're going with at the time that you're making an offer on a home. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. You definitely don't want to open that contract back. I just, re it's crazy. I just recently had this happen. Mm -hmm. um, there was uh, 20 offers on this particular property and wow. my client won. Um, my name was on the contract as the preferred lender, as the lender. And so after the fact, they wanted to go with a different lender. When they called the listing agent, the listing agent was like, well, we already have multiple backup offers. So if they want to switch lenders, then we're going to just ratify and go with someone else. Because it makes it seem like, and this may not always be the case, but this you have to think, they don't really know anything. Because we don't give them specifics about your income and how great your file is and you know what your credit scores are. They don't know that stuff, right? So from their perspective, they're like, okay, well, what happened to financing? Why are you no longer using them? Is something wrong? Did you get denied? And so once that kind of opens up, <laughs> all those thoughts are going through this seller's head. They're like, oh, well, let's just go with someone else because they were already approved with someone. They might be better to go, ready to go. Correct. And so you don't want to ever give that perspective off to that seller, especially when there's 20 offers on the, on the, on the um, home because – then it opens you up to lose your place in that contract. Correct. And it, it's never a good feeling when you, especially if you have something going on, like you've, you've already sold your last home and you're looking to transition and you got to move across country because that was the circumstance for my buyer. And so she ended up just staying with us. But that was something that she had told me before that she was shopping around 
which was no problem. But then she tried to switch it after she had went under contract and it was a no-go. Listing agent was not having it. Yeah. <laughs> and was yeah. ready to go on to the next person. Correct. For sure. So um, just know that when you do shop, shop beforehand. Once you ratify, once you get under contract, if that listen, if that seller is is willing to open a contract back up for you, great. But they're not required to. Correct. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what you got coming up next? What's going on? Today uh, I have a closing. Congrats. Congrats. I got a closing. I got a, a refinance closing, which is... Uh, today? Yeah, today. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a unique uh, closing. Um, so I'm excited about that. So I remember that this get... is the one with the unique situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I remember um, we actually had to go talk through it. Yeah, talk through the situation <laughs> with the gentleman. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's out of state. And, and we he's made buying, it work. Yeah, we made it work. Yeah, he's buying another house, but he needed a refi to kind of free mm-hmm. up his, uh, entitlement. his VA entitlement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that one's closing today. So I'm excited. I mean, I, he's out in Mississippi, so it'll be a notary closing out there. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you just don't see that many refis anymore. So, you know. No, I just yeah. did a refi a couple Two months ago, February, okay. end of February. Yep. Okay, yeah. So I got a, I got a closing. Again, we get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we'll get, we we'll get a couple here and there, man. Depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I got the closing today. Um, gonna see my cousin later, um, which is good. She's uh, helped her purchase a home recently, uh, so she's back um, in town now. She was out of the country uh, on deployment uh, for a little over like six, almost seven months. Um, so I'm excited to see her and my aunt. They're here. Uh, they're going to stop by, and I'm also going to help them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got going on? So this, to, um, tomorrow, tomorrow we have the community event. health fair. Yep, yeah, we got the community health fair. That's going to be a Virginia Beach. Yeah, so um, that should be good. We that's supposed to be there. a good one, and we're by the DJ booth, so hopefully the DJ DJ is good. <laughs> well, if, if they're not good, we can at least give them some, you know, some some pointers on what songs they need to be playing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah, that, that should so be a good time. we got that tomorrow. Um, we got the appreciation event on Tuesday for the real estate oh, agents yeah. that we work with or want to work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to be real nice because it's on the beach. I'm excited. I'm I'm almost borderline wanting to go buy something new just for it. Look. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> Probably not, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely going to be. Because it's on the beach. I mean, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, that's definitely a. Um, it's definitely going to be a good time, man. On Tuesday, it's National Mimosa Day for yep. folks that don't know. Um, and so, you know, we typically do something like once a quarter where we try to, you know, just get everyone out of the office, get everybody out of, you know, doing their, you know, showing houses if it's an agent or if it's a mortgage person. You know, we just try to get everyone together to kind of network, you know, have have a good, cool time. It's always typically surrounded by sloppy drinks. You know, yep. we, we, we like to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on Tuesday, it's National Mimosa Day. Except for I don't drink mimosas. Don't drink mimosas, okay. Yeah. They have other liquor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, we'll... we'll We'll be uh we'll be having a good time. I'm looking forward to that uh, yeah. on Tuesday, and then on for me, that's like a precursor to Wednesday. You going on vacation? I'm going on vacation. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to Turks and Caicos, man. So nice. I'm excited about that. That'll be uh you know uh, uh uh we typically go somewhere like once a year. We'll try to go somewhere tropical, man. And so we're uh you know it's kind of like a real anniversary gift for us is to go out there. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a good time. You know, no kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I mean, it's going to be a good time. Definitely looking forward. I've never been to Turks Caicos. I've heard it's like uh, it's on Grace Bay Beach, which they say is, you know, the one of the top beaches in, in the world. They say nice. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and they said it's like one of your safer places to go to as well as far as because, like, I like to normally go off the beaten path and kind of really explore and see 
um, what that particular country or area has to offer. So they're like, you know, this area is not like you got to worry about somebody trying to rob you and steal nothing from you. Like they're very laid back folks. The locals are. So I'm looking forward I to I did that in um, that. the Bahamas. Okay. Shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> he said shouldn't have. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely, I would not tell my kids to do it, but oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So yeah. it was a girl's trip. It was me and four of the girls. We actually went on a cruise. This is how it started. We started off on a cruise, but our our um, ship stayed the night in the Bahamas. So basically, we got off the ship, and we could be out all night doing whatever, and then the next morning is when we had to be back to the ship. I think it was by like 6 a.m. for us to um, go underway at 8. And so we were out partying. We ended up getting a cab. The The driver, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a cab. I don't know what they call it there, but it wasn't a taxi cab. It was like a, a car service, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. And the guy ended up being like this younger um, black guy. He seemed like he was cool. So we went. He, we were like, we want to go, like, to the real part. <laughs> like, we don't want to stay on the resort. So we went all these different places. And so they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. And we were mm-hmm. like, we didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of like we were in the moment. moment. Yeah. We had fun. But it was a good time. It really was. That's we cool. had a, a real nice time. And and that particular part of the Bahamas. And yeah. I ended up going back to another um, part of the Bahamas that was even better. Okay. <laughs> and we did up. the same thing. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. But um, enjoy your trip tonight. I'll be at volleyball tournaments all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might as well just, you know, live there. <laughs> <laughs> I see. For the most part. <laughs> so I'll be there tonight. Um, we have a game at 6 and at 8. Um, so we'll be there probably around five thirty, okay. up until like nine something. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's like my second, my my life now. I volleyball. I heard that. I heard that. And I told my daughter I was gonna try to help her get stronger. So now I gotta start work training her. Okay. That's good. <sighs> That's gonna be something different. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked about you know. Using us, a yep. mortgage banker, mm-hmm. at a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about when shop, when to shop rates. And so now, you know, we like to leave you guys um, with the quote of the day. So I'll let you um, go ahead and say the quote of the day. All right, cool. Well, the quote of the day is, you are smarter than you think and more brave than you know. Keep your face to the sunshine. You cannot see a shadow. I like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of rhymed. That rhymed too? Yeah. Okay. Keep yeah, your right. face to the sunshine and you cannot see a shadow. Yep, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, that just means continue to move forward, push forward. Um, you know, it's good sometimes to look back and see, you know, how far you've come along, but you know, you always want to kind of push forward and not look backwards in your journey or whatever your endeavors you got going on. So definitely. That's definitely uh Amen. Good quote. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sermon. <laughs> right. That's what you want, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have for today. Please follow us on Facebook and IG. My Facebook and IG is um, SKB underscore mortgage. <laughs> and mine is uh, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N underscore Royster, R-O-Y-S-T-E-R. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast, and we will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>